So today our readings, our feast day, uh, there's a lot of um, a lot of negativity and death and martyrdom. Uh, today is the feast day of Saint Cecilia, who in the second or third century uh, converted to Christianity, managed to convert her husband, who then was martyred in front of her, and then she was martyred. Her troth was slit, and uh, she was yeah, she died subsequently and is buried in the catacombs there outside Rome. And today, then, in our readings, we hear of the mother, like very courageous mother, of the Maccabean, of her, of these, so the, from the tribe of Maccabees, her sons there, and one by one are martyred in front of her. So they're they're all killed, including the youngest one. And even the king implores her, "Tell your son, just eat the little bit of pig meat, and we're good to go. If you can just eat that little bit, just show that little that little act of." Of <clears throat> it looks about. I mean, wh- wh- what difference is there? You know, you have a bit of a rasher. Why, why, why does it matter? You know, just eat the pork, and then your life is saved. Voila, dead easy. And the mom says, "Uh huh." And she leans over to the son, and she says, "Whatever you do, <laughs> you know, I've loved you. I brought you into existence. Stay faithful to God." And then the son stands up and says, "What are you waiting for? Kill me now." I mean, just like just amazing, amazing courage, just that kind of tenacity. So we hear these kind of readings and we celebrate these kind of saints and then at the end of it you sit down and you think, wow, this is, this is heavy going. Um, where is Jesus, the teddy bear? Well, Jesus, the, te- the teddy bear comes along and tells the parable. Uh, we, we've heard something similar um, over the la- twice, I think, over the last two weeks, uh, the other synoptics uh, of this same gospel. Uh, where the, the parable of the talents is a slightly different version now in Luke where everyone receives, three people receive a pound each so rather than five talents, two talents and one talent we have three people who receive one pound each and one trades with it and it makes ten another trades with it and makes five the other, uh, and the other buries it so similar kind of idea though okay and then in the end the, the, the landowner uh, is quite irate Quite uh, disappointed with, especially the the the, the well, with the uh, servant who just buried his pound and did nothing with it, and then also says, "As for me, as for those who did not want me to be king, bring them here to me and have them executed in my presence." The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, you just think, "Wow, this is just a bit heavy, a bit a bit heavy today." So, just this morning, um, someone sent me something, I'm part of a, a men's group chat and uh, a little meme thing came in and uh, which I thought, wow, I said, Lord, I need something to kind of tie this together. I need something to kind of make this positive. I need something to kind of put this into context because it's, it's not always easy to reconcile all of these things, you know, or so much kind of, as I say, death and suffering and negativity and apparent loss, you know. And maybe even the, 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 the apparent anger of God. How on earth do you tie all this back into the good news, the gospel, you know? So one of the things that was on this men's group chat that I'm part of is from the second book of Chronicles, uh, chapter 20, verse 15, where it says, For the battle is not yours, but God's. In other translations, it says, The battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. Now, the interesting thing about that phrase is the battle belongs to the Lord, but you're still the one on the battlefield, right? 
So whatever, if say it's a, say it's a struggle for some, some virtue, to overcome some vice, okay? That, that's your struggle. Say <clears throat> the, the battle is with somebody in your life who's difficult. Say there's an addiction in your family. Say that there are problems with a will. Say there's uh, problems in a relationship that has fallen apart with an ex or with a, you know, with a husband for whatever reason, uh, a myriad of reasons where there, there could be tensions or difficulties. Or say the problem is within yourself. Self-acceptance, self-love, self-recognizing uh, anything, anything good in ourselves at all. So the battle can be from, from all, all sides. It can be internal, external, it can be spiritual. There's a spiritual darkness, uh, this kind of emptiness. When you pray, you just don't really seem to be getting a whole lot back. And then we hear these wonderful words, the battle belongs to the Lord. Okay, now if I'm honest, at first glance or at first hearing, that doesn't console me at all. <laughs> because that's lovely. I'm the one on the battlefield, and I'm the one bleeding. So, battle belongs to the Lord sounds absolutely wonderful. What on earth does it mean? <laughs> what does it mean? How does this, how does this apply to real life and to, to a kind of real difficulty and adversity and suffering? Okay, Because it's easy to say, like, the battle belongs to the Lord when, when things are going well. But when you're uh, in, in the thick of it, it doesn't feel like the battle belongs to him at all. In fact, it may even feel that like you're quite alone. And isolated. So, what does this mean? And then, how does all this tie in together? And I've set myself up now to do an awful lot in two minutes. I could fail miserably. This could all go horribly wrong. Okay, let's see how we go. Come, Holy Spirit. So, uh, in our struggles and in our difficulty, what we don't see, and I'm, trying to make, I'm going to try to make two points here now. What we don't see, number one, is God's strategy. Strategy, that's the first point, okay? We don't see God's strategy in what's going on now. So we don't see, like, it's kind of like, um, it's like we see life. Remember when we were, when we were children, you'd, you'd get two used toilet rolls and look through and think, think it was a telescope, right? Oh, look at me, oh yeah. And it's like, what it actually does is just really restrict your field of vision. So not only can you see less, it's even darker in there, but you think you're at the telescope. I'm looking, into, I'm looking across to America through my toilet roll. Okay, and uh, you know, so that's how we see life, though. We don't see life with a you know, 180 degree field of vision. We see life through a very, very small field. We see very little of history. In fact, if anything, sometimes you know, we can just be so focused on, on eyelashes. You know, I just have to get my eyelashes right. And I'm going to save up for these eyelashes from China, wherever they're supposed to come from, I don't know. And you know, if I get the eyelashes, then all shall be well, and I shall be pretty, and then I'll get a husband, and then I'll get children, and then we'll be, all will be happy ever after. I just need eyelashes, right? And that's your focus. I mean, you see how, how narrow our field of vision is. You know, or if just this next thing goes right, then everything will be fine. I mean, and the Lord's like sitting up there in heaven going, it ain't eyelashes you need, girl. Like, it's just, it's, it's just not important. It's just not important. But that, could be, that becomes our everything, you know, or living for, for being a certain weight, being a certain height, being a certain, I don't know, being able to run a certain distance and something like that where it just becomes our all-encompassing focus. But it's so incredibly narrow. So God's strategy, he has a strategy in what, he's, in what he allows. Uh, and the strategy we may not be aware of. I think very often we're not aware of. 
So there's a strategy in what the Lord is allowing. Now, I'll give some examples, but like there are, there's a myriad of things that the Lord could be doing. So, in the Lord, in what the Lord allows, especially as regards difficulty in our lives, could be, or very often is, to allow us to grow in virtue. As we've said before, you grow in virtue by practicing that virtue. So you grow in, in, in a particular virtue when that virtue is tested. If I get everything I want, when I want it, and how I want it, I can't then say, I'm so wonderfully patient. Whereas if I have three children who all need their nappies changed, simultaneously, because that's how they do it, they, they do, they plan these things. They plan to all go to the bathroom at the same, well, go to the bathroom, we wish. They, they plan to fill their nappies at the same time, right? So then you're absolutely overwhelmed, and then, you know, the potatoes are on, the carrots are on, and the peas are doing whatever they're supposed to do in the pot, and you're changing nappies, and changing the pots, and then, then, and then I can't find my shoes. You don't need your shoes. You don't, you're good. And up to your eyes, right? And then you manage to stay patient and loving and careful. Now you can say you practice patience. Now you can say you're patient. Why? Because it has been tested. <laughs> okay, so the strategy of the Lord in allowing certain battles in our lives is to afford us an opportunity to grow in virtue. Okay, so it's when our faith is tested that our faith grows. It's when our purity is tested that our purity grows. It's when our patience is tested our patience grows. When our love is tested that our love grows. So adversity becomes an opportunity. Adversity becomes an opportunity. Our adversity becomes an opportunity to grow. Now this is hard. And so when you're on the battlefield and your patience is being tested or your purity is being tested or your fidelity or your love or any, any of the things, things, these things are being tested, it is not pleasant. It does not feel nice. But the battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord because he has a strategy in this. He's guiding things. And, and while there will be seasons of battle, and dare I say, somewhat exaggeratedly, maybe even seasons of bleeding, there will also be seasons of healing and peace. There will also be seasons of joy. So, the, But the battle belongs to the Lord because there's a strategy in what's going on here. He, he, he's doing this for a reason. Now, traparenthesis, how is that in English? A side note. A side note, um, the Lord never wants sin or the consequences of sin. He never wants sin or the consequences of sin. So he never wants us to be, you know, uh, rejected or hated or never wants us to be invaded, never wants, never wants poverty. But he can still use these things. Okay, I won't get lost in that particular thought, though, or it'll be a whole other homily. Um, but he hasn't, he's never forgotten us. But the, the battle belongs to the Lord and there's a strategy in what he's doing. A strategy. Second thing. Second point in, in the battle belonging to the Lord is a question of scale. So strategy and scale. Strategy that he, he, he has a bigger picture in that he allows things maybe for our, our growth or for our healing. He may be allowing things uh, in, in his strategic uh, mind also for the good of others. And that's where this whole scale thing comes in. What I... The opportunities that I avail of in order to grow benefit me, but also benefit others. So if I, as a, a parent, or if I, as a priest, 
avail of these opportunities and I start to grow in this virtue, now others will be positively affected by that. So basically, it's not just about you. It's not just about you. In your walk with the Lord, that there's a question of scale here. Like, uh, think of think of a Saint Cecilia. You know, her husband married in front of her, and then she dies. It looks like an absolute failure. What's the point of that? Well, what's the question of scale? Think of who was influenced by these examples afterwards. All the, the Christians in, in the young church who heard about this incredibly courageous couple, these beautiful martyrs, and are inspired by them and go to the, visit their, their, their tombs and hold on to that same faith that St. Cecilia and her husband had. You know? So it's a question of scale. That, that our, our loss, or what appears to be our, our failure, think of any, any of the martyrs, like in those moments, there weren't visible angels, there weren't visible choirs, there wasn't any visible, beautiful aurora of light. There may just have been a prison cell and a bullet. You know, think of Father Maximilian Kolbe. You know, a starvation cell and then a, a, an injection of carbolic acid. Like, this stuff isn't nice. But what was the question of scale? What was, what was the scale? What was the big picture like? The bigger picture that I'm sure he, he knew God had in mind without knowing what it was. The bigger picture is the inspiration of, of these people long after their death, for example. Or for, in a parent's case, their fidelity... The, the direct effect that has on their children. And sometimes, like in, in, in parishes, you often notice uh, it's this one particular family that, you know, a very faithful couple, they have very faithful kids, they're the altar servers, and they're all involved in all the various different things, and then they're the ones who start the prayer groups, and then they're the ones maybe who end up in seminary, and then they're the ones who have these kind of Catholic groups, and so on and so forth. But you can kind of trace that back off into maybe one set of grandparents who had three very good and practicing children who now have three families who now, you know, you get my point. Scale. My fidelity has, it's not just to do with me. I have an effect on others. So the battle belongs to the Lord because he knows what the scale or the purpose of, of, this, of this difficulty or adversity or cross is. He knows. So, in order for us to, 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 in our moments of battle, in order for us to be consoled by that thought that the Lord has a strategy and the Lord keeps in mind the scale of this, what is required? Not a rhetorical question. What's required? What's required for us? These thoughts may not be a consolation at all, or if they are a consolation, something is required. What is required? Maybe this is just my mind. Maybe it's really obvious to me. Trust. I would say trust or faith. Yeah. Trust or faith. So in, in those moments of darkness, in those moments of battle, in those moments of bleeding, if I'm going to believe that the Lord has a strategy, and if I'm going to, to be consoled by the fact that there is a question of scale here, that, that if I get this right, I can positively affect others, then I must trust him. I'm going to need faith. I'm going to need faith. We all need faith. Because in those moments, in those moments like uh, the, the consolation, the light can feel kind of far away. The battle belongs to the Lord. We do not have to fight on our own. So we ask the Lord today, Lord, increase my faith.
Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Amen.